Hey, Freedom Jumpers, welcome back to part two of our special live Better Conference episode recorded in Phoenix, Arizona last week. If you haven't caught part one of this episode, go back to our uh, catalog on the podcast app of your choice and listen to uh, part one, which has a total of... I believe that one is six uh, recordings uh, with five guests. Uh, So uh, check out part one before part two and uh, you'll get the full picture here. Uh, This part two contains uh, three snippets, uh, one of which is a conversation uh, with Ciara Gravier uh, that she gave us after her keynote uh, for uh, the Better Conference. So uh, that is one of the reasons why it will make more sense to you if you go back and uh, listen to part one first. This is a special episode. It's outside of our uh, regularly scheduled programming, so it's not going to have one of those episode numbers attached to it. Uh, but anyways, uh, the content is still every bit as useful, and I am glad to be able to shine a light on some of my friends and peers in uh, the industry and allow you to hear from them. Uh, Some of these people are not uh, usually heard from on podcasts uh, yet anyway, Uh, but I'm really glad that they get to have their voice and tell some of their story uh, here on our show. So go ahead and do the same three things I always ask you to do if you haven't already. Subscribe to AFP on the platform of your choice. Drop us a review if you would be so kind. And most importantly, share Agency Freedom Podcast with someone in your circle who needs to hear what we are talking about. Always free, always the best. We never hold back. And we're going to jump right into the recorded content in Phoenix, Arizona at the Better Conference. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry. Those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. There is so much I wish I would have known before I made the freedom jump to the independent side. I mean, even now, I feel like I'm learning something new every single month. We're all about helping insurance agency owners and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. My team and I replaced six years of captive agency revenue in 17 months with Riskwell. 17 months, man. It's crazy. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and what I've learned along the way. We lay out a blueprint of how to make your freedom jump from captive to indie to market domination. I'm bringing you colleagues from markets across the country with dozens of different specialties. They're eager to share their stories and best practices with you. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. All right, folks, back for another micro session here. This uh, time, my guest is Mr. Jim DeWitt from Indiana. Jim, thanks for uh, hopping on with us, man. Thanks for having me. It's my uh, first ever podcast. Well, there you go. No, I, I love getting uh, people on that uh, haven't ever done something like this before. But, uh, man, you've got a lot going on. Uh, you have the, the privilege of working with uh, your daughter, Kaylee, who's here at the conference as well. And uh, you guys have been at a lot of these conferences in the last couple of years. have had the privilege of uh, sharing good conversation offline. So I thought it would be cool to just get you uh, in front of a mic and share your perspective on the Better Conference and tell us a little bit about what you and Kaylee and your team back in Indiana are doing uh, where you guys are having success, and uh, just break it open with you. 
So, yeah, so let's start with uh, with the conference here. What what have you thought so far of the better conference? Uh, do you have any key takeaways from any of the speakers so far? Yeah, I thought the conference is really good. Um, and we were here last year, obviously, and this is our second year, and really getting a lot out of it. It's grown versus last year. Uh, really enjoyed Ciara. Um, just listen to Mick Hunt. And like I spoke with you at the cocktail party the other night, you've used him, and I really understand why he was able to help you with your processes, and it seems like he's really a good resource. And so I even connected him with him after he spoke to get the you know a couple little tidbits from him. He we're gonna we're gonna uh, contact next week offline. So I think better agencies not you know this conference is more about helping in general. It's not just about better agencies about being better agent yeah and i think that's what kaylee and i are you know we really try to do that within our agency back in indianapolis and we try to enforce or uh, enable as much technology and sales processes and help our customer experience as much as we can based on these conferences because before these conferences we really didn't have an avenue to learn about all these things and be forward thinking as far as technology and sales processes and customer experience. So I think that's the, the thing we really get out of it most is how we can better give our clients an experience. Yeah, I mean, documenting what you do and how you do it so that it is consistent, right? Like right. That's the most important thing that right. you know what to predict. You know, as the agency principal, you're able to know what is happening with your clients without you personally doing it. Right. And we, you know, like, like we all learn at these conferences, today's prospect slash client wants the ease of doing business, less frustration, the quickest technology. So, and it also, these conferences also enable us to be around our peer group and learn from much more successful people than ourselves as far as, you know, size of agency, processes, experience. So, you know, it's kind of like the thing, you're the average of the, the five people you hang around the most. So yep. it's kind of like this conference, you know, you hang around a lot of more successful people and you're just going to feed off that knowledge. No, I absolutely love the buffet of good ideas way of thinking about these things. No, if, if you come in trying to learn everything at, at once, I mean, you're not going to be able to implement anything. Right. That was our first mistake, the first conference we ever went to, um, and that was back at I. IAOA in Las Vegas. So not only was it in Las Vegas, but <laughs> it was our first conference. So yeah. it, it's kind of like, and I know this is an analogy that's always used, drinking from a fire hose. or yep. And so we just went back and, and really didn't in, in a, enforce anything that we'd learned because we, you know, you're just like starstruck. So the second, you know, we, we, did, we were able to meet a lot of people. And so then the second year, I think this seems to be the, the best that works for us is we listen to everything, note everything, and then we try to go back and pick, you know, one or two things that we need to implement within the next 90 days. Yep. And then we have one or two more that we'd like to in, um, get started on or learn more about within like six months, and maybe that's on the on the table for the next time. So, No, that, that implement or what are we even doing, you right. know? The, the, uh, the phrase that I coined for, for Tampa last year, implement or die, I mean, it really is the most important thing because you can learn the right information. You can have the best speakers in the world on stage, but if you don't do anything with it, 
I mean, it's a huge waste of time and energy, I think. Right. It's, it's worse than not doing anything because then you, you learn it, but you don't really implement it. And then you're tempted to think, oh, I already tried that. It didn't work. When in reality, maybe you didn't actually try it, right? Right, yeah. So, yeah, like you said, it's it's kind of like I would relate it to, you know, we get people asking us if we need lead generation, stuff like that. And honestly, right now I tell them, I'm like, you know, if we get any more leads, it's a negative customer experience. And that's kind of yeah. like if you get all these things and take them back to your team and your agency and you just give them all these ideas but don't do anything, It's to me that would be a similar thing as a negative experience for your team. Isn't it a beautiful thing, though, when you don't really need more leads, when you just need to do a better job of attacking the leads that are already coming in? Right. I think it gives you freedom to run your shop how you want to and not be you know, captive to the prospect. Right. I think the problem, like everybody has in every industry, is is finding more team members so yeah then we could you know obviously accept more leads but at the you know that's that's kind of like everybody's problem it's definitely everybody's problem I'm, I'm not aware of any agency principal that isn't currently looking for more talent right and and uh so going back to another thing from yesterday i really got a lot out of the facebook advertising i mean yeah. it's not insurance related so i i really kind of liked how better brought in someone outside the industry that's yep. not specific to insurance and give uh, another look at how we can grow our marketing. Tim Chernak has been doing this for more than a decade. And he's, to your point, yeah, he's not insurance specific. Uh, he does real estate and mortgage focused uh, Facebook advertising. But the, what he's doing on those verticals, the exact same strategies are effective uh, for, for what you and I are doing. I think and I actually talked to Nick Ayers about this this morning and thanked him for bringing uh, him in with the Facebook advertising as well. And he kind of said the same thing. He goes, you know, it's it's not insurance specific, but his examples of realtors, uh, you know, insurance professionals are kind of similar in that market as far as they're wanting to be the person in their neighborhood that people look to or their community. Well, Nick posted this morning, and it's a quote from the 1950s, uh, but man, it's still 100% applicable. Uh, It was from an advertising executive in New York, and the quote was, people don't read advertising. People read something that interests them, and sometimes it happens to be an advertisement. Right. I'm just like, wow, that's a deep statement. Yeah, I I get a lot of... uh... I mean, I know Nick's the marketer for better and all that, but I, I get a lot. Of, I've always got a lot of ideas and, and as far as marketing on his approach to it. Yeah. I mean, I just got to say that a second time for our listeners because it, it is absolutely critical that we are thinking along these lines. People don't read advertisements. They will skip them instantly. People read what interests them. And sometimes those things that interest them happen to be an advertisement. Folks, you got to pay close attention to that. That's a big one. Yeah, I would agree. So, Jim, tell us about your agency. What are you guys up to? I know you're in Indianapolis. Uh, where where do you find success? What do you think that you and Kaylee and your team do really well right now? So we're actually, um, we just moved uh, about a year and a half ago to Fishers, which is like two miles out of Indianapolis proper. But we're still in the Indianapolis market. So we have been, um, we started from scratch in 2008. And we were primarily build a foundation on personal lines, but... As we've grown, um, 
and, and got involved with these conferences. We're trying to focus more on growing our commercial side, and we're probably about 75, 25 now. Um, our, we've joined uh, Killing Commercial so we can be around like-minded commercial agents like yourself and, yep. and everybody in there, and it's kind of like a mastermind and, and kind of like the same thing as these agencies. We're, we're getting in a pool of much more successful and experienced peers in our industry as far as commercials concerned, so looking to grow and, and learn from them. Uh, our niche, if they're if, as far as commercial, and we're you know contractors, service contractors, anything within the contractor space, we have great companies that that uh, are good at that in our market. And then this, our secondary is, which is kind of playing into the killing commercial too, is cyber. So we think that with our help from our peers and the, the things they teach in there about finding pain with commercial insurance. As far as work comp and then cyber, we we're, you know we think we're set up pretty good to help those individuals that own those businesses in our area, you know, find their pain, heal their pain, and and make their risks uh, less. So identifying the pain point is is a critical part of how you guys operate on a regular basis, right? Right. That's where you start. Because everybody's every agent's going out there and saying, hey, you know, I know ninety days you're coming up for renewal or six months can. Can I get an opportunity to shop your, you know, your insurance? And that's kind of what we've learned through all these speakers at these conventions, even you yourself, uh, people in Killing Commercial is everybody's doing that. So why are, why are we different? Yeah. So we're going to actually give you a solution, not just price, 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 and coverage, coverage, coverage. We're going to find what's causing you pain in your business, and then find a way to heal that pain uh, uh, through risk management. Fantastic. No, that's definitely a recipe for success. You know, if, you, if you're if you doing nothing other than identify what the crowd is saying and what all of your peers are saying, you know, the middle of the bell curve, and just avoid saying those things and do your best to sound different, have different talking points, uh, you're going to instantly stick out in a good way. Right. I think that's common with all the, all our friends and, and colleagues here that come to these conferences. We're, we're all trying to be different. Because everybody knows several insurance agents, and every town has several of them. They're selling the same. Yep. You know, they're representing the same companies, trying to do the same thing. That's why I think all of us together, you know, better together, stuff like that, is we're all trying to be better for our profession and our clients and our client experience and learn with, you know, the technology, sales practices, best sales practices, marketing to, to set ourselves apart from everyone else in the area. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that everybody wants to do, just figuring out how to do it successfully. Now, that is that is the, the secret sauce, as they say, right? Yeah, and I, I think that's been said by almost every speaker to an extent is why most people are successful. And if you want to be successful with, you know, your career, your business, your client experience, it's consistency. Yep. I mean, it really is. You boil it down to key ingredients. Doing exactly the right thing one time isn't going to drive anything lasting for your business for right. sure. Right. So, I mean, I mean, you said it right. And that's probably a great way to end this little uh, micro session is, you know, just restating the importance of consistency and doing the same thing the correct way, but over and over and over again. That's the only way to really succeed long term. Right. Well, I appreciate you having um, me on here for my first podcast. Yeah, and, man. Is there anything you want to share before we land the plane? Any any final thoughts? Well, I just again, I like to thank you, and I'd like to thank you know 
Nick and Better and the whole the whole group and you know all our peers here actually because we get a lot from everybody and it's not going to do nothing but uh, help Kaylee and I grow DeWitt Insurance Group back in Fishers, Indiana, and then ultimately give our clients a better experience. Fantastic, man. Jim DeWitt of the DeWitt Insurance Group in Fishers, Indiana. Thanks for stopping by the podcast, man. Appreciate you. And uh, listeners, we'll be back here in just a little bit uh, with the next interview. Y'all take care. What's up, Freedom Jumpers? Back again for another micro session. This one might not be quite so micro because Ciara Gravier is back now. And uh, this, for you listening, this might be just a few minutes later, but for Ciara and I, it is. Uh, the next day after she sat down uh, for the first little sesh you heard earlier uh, in this series here from Arizona. So, Ciara, welcome back. Thanks. I'm happy to be back and relieved. It's over. <laughs> yeah, man, you gave a fantastic Thank keynote uh, on personal branding and how to communicate uh, effectively in the marketplace. You want to give us some of the highlights of, of how that went down? Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a hard hard time for independent agents right now and trying to be different, right? And stand out yep. with everything being so uh, visual and, you know, this social media game, it's not the majority of our forte and still not even mine. Right. Yep. So um, I just try to intentionally be different as different as I can within what I'm capable of doing. Yeah. And so that's what I kind of have built the bunker on. And, you know, I gave some of my tips that I think have helped me, achieve that yeah so you mean last name insurance agency just isn't good enough anymore you know i i i thought i was pushing the envelope a little bit with that one and i ran it through a couple people because i didn't want to offend anybody and and i think it is relative to where you live and where your agency is yeah um you know there's definitely in some cities and towns where that does matter more but for me in south florida Mm -hmm. nobody cares about my no, last name. No, they really don't. No. And I mean, if you're in small town America, sure. if you're rural, if your prospects are unsophisticated, I think that's the polite word. <laughs> if they're unsophisticated prospects, if they're not. Well, if uh, they're still doing things traditionally, like where they're not going online or they don't, you know. Yeah. They don't shop that way. They're not, you know, they don't live on Amazon. They don't do their groceries there. Things like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I mean when I say um, unsophisticated. I. What I mean by that is they are not forcing the agent to step outside Correct. of completely generic processes. Right. Right. You know, when you sit down with with a savvy business owner who understands their business, understands insurance, they're going to ask higher level questions. They're, they're going to have higher expectations. It's going to take a lot more effort to win them. Not, not to say that you know, someone who's operating a, I don't, I don't know, pick an industry, uh, a landscaping company in a, a rural town or, you know, a tractor and supply store, like a retail shop. I'm not saying that they can't be sophisticated. It's just a lot less likely that you're going to have to bring all the guns right. to win that fight. Well, and it takes, it, it's a different thing. Uh, it's a different tactic needed to get their attention. Yeah. So what works with the, the unsophisticated buyer Maybe you can get away with last name insurance agency and not really having everything that you talked about yesterday with your personal brand lined out where you're able to communicate what it's like to work with your agency in your unique way. Because mm-hmm. that really is the crux of it, right? right. It is right. communicating who you are and why the prospect should even care. Right. And also targeting the gut, right? Yeah. There's enough data to, to prove that our buying habits are controlled by our gut. Yeah. More than our mind. We think it's our mind, 
But in actuality, our gut has told our mind what to do. So why are some agents still trying to target a prospect's mind by using uh, especially the insurance jargon and, you know, yeah. that terminology and the carrier representation? It doesn't matter. You mean we, prospects don't like it when we use industry terminology? You know, I, I'm sure that there's a prospect out there just like, I cannot wait to read what this agent does. Like, how many carriers do they work with? <laughs> no, they don't care. No. They don't care anymore. <laughs> they just don't care. Well, and I think the the jarring reality for a lot of agency principals is that used to work. It did. I, I mean, I showed you guys. It used to work just fine. We were very successful with zero differentiation. Yeah. Intentional. We didn't do anything to try to be different. And yeah. we were successful. We sold to agencies. You know, 10, 15 years ago, you could yeah. get away with that. That's was, when we did it. Yeah. yeah, it was fine. Now, I've only been in the industry for nine years. So I, you know, I don't know what it was like in 2005. Um, I know what it was like in 2012 mm -hmm. when I launched. On, but And I it's mean, changed already so much. But the thing is, I was last name insurance Same. agency yep. for six years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and isn't it harder to like build a story about yourself when last name insurance agency, like you can't even, you can't even create some sort of connection. Yeah. It's very difficult. Well, and on the captive side of the world, I mean, you're the definition of generic. Right. And they want you to be generic. They right. want they robotic. Right. They want conformity. Anything that is unique is a threat mm -hmm. uh, to the carrier's brand because right. consistency, it's like McDonald's. You can walk into any McDonald's in, you know, if they're doing it right, anywhere in the world, and that Big Mac is going to taste mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. the same. Yep. So I, it's just such a different way of doing business. Yeah, it is. So it is. So yeah. So back to branding. Back mind to your and keynote. Gut, the mind and the mind gut. And so gut. stop targeting the mind. Target yep. the gut. Because humans really are just very complex animals. Well, and and. Ultimately, you know, people do business with who they know, like, and trust. And yeah. all three of those things are connected to yeah. emotionals, emotion. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to separate the fact that you really have to hit someone in the heart. Right. And, it, and it's, it's easier on the life and health and Medicare sure. and disability side Absolutely. of things where we don't focus that much on the rational, the data-driven decisions. Uh, you know, those conversations are inherently based on emotion sure. and, and connecting on a heart level. I think it's harder for PNC agents to connect in those emotional ways. We're not as, as well trained to, you know, reach that level of conversation. A life insurance agent has those conversations right. every single day because they have to. They have to. They have to have the, the prospect, you know, think about uncomfortable you know, unpleasant things like what right. happens if yeah, you die and your scenario. family is left right. trying to figure out what right. to do right you know no I'm, one's really thinking about that with home and auto or small business exactly. stuff exactly so but yeah what uh what sort of suggestions do you have for how we go after the gut you instead know, of the mind yeah so i feel like it's you have to showcase yourself highlight yourself your personality your content this is this is the platform that that creating content has given us right because when we did last name insurance agency 20 years ago we never did videos that wasn't even a thing you know so i feel like an agency that has a strong content game where you know people don't go to your website or your instagram or your linkedin to learn about what coinsurance means right no that's not prospecting a gut that is pure mind which you got to sprinkle it in yeah but it's not primarily that. 
So showcasing your agency culture, you know, having bold aesthetics, having things that catch an eye. You know, I, I try to at least put something out that is worth a, a, a scroll stop. Yeah. That's my goal, right? Yep. To catch their attention. Or as I like to say, you have to be more interesting than a cat video. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's a corgi video. I mean, I, corgis. Yeah, yes. Corgis. I for mean, sure. I could I can scroll in, on Instagram on those. You got to make pages. somebody stop with their thumb. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so and, and also just be different. So like I showed yesterday, right? The yellow envelope. That's yeah. what we use. And we were thinking of like playing a game and seeing how many people actually even open the envelope. We don't know. Like we were going to put like a voucher in there and be like, if you opened it, you won like a $10 Starbucks gift card. Call us. Yeah. To see who's actually opening it, because even if they don't open it at some point in 12 months, somebody's going to be like, why do I keep getting this yellow envelope from the bunker? What's in the yellow envelope? Is it just a, a personal greeting? No, it's so the email that we send, we just print it and it's in a formatted letter. OK, so dear so and so. And then it's the email. Gotcha. Love it. Yep. So what's next? What's another highlight from what you were talking about? Uh, so, you know, focus on being different with your colors and your your font and also the messaging that you use about yourself and your agency. And I think the one that really appeals to the gut the most besides visually is having a process. Yeah. I know you have a process. You're mm -hmm. huge on process. I need to learn from you on that. I have one. <laughs> I yeah, I'm I'm definitely a process yeah, wonk. Yeah. And so that's It's the only way I know how to stay in front of things. Otherwise, we would just get knocked over with the the, the volume of stuff we're working right, on. Right. Right. So I feel like, you know, at the moment of uh, when someone is looking to engage with your agency, if they if you don't have a sales process that is unique to your agency, even last name insurance agency, that could be one of the tools that you use to package your agency differently even with, you know, a common name. You know, that is one of the best ways to make your prospect feel like you are knowledgeable and you're different and that you care, yeah. that you're not treating them like a 1-800 number. Well, and when we as as professionals can communicate to the insured, this is what you can expect. This right. is how the process is going to go. This, it, it creates trust. It creates credibility. Mm -hmm. It lets them know, hey, you know what? I've put a lot of thought into this and crafted what mm -hmm. I think is an ideal client journey. And that's what you're going to go through if you work with my office. Right. You, know, you can't just get the, when I say my office, I mean my, in the sure. generic sense for anyone listening to this podcast, you know, to be able to communicate that to the insured, it immediately sets you apart from your peers who are quoting robots. Quote, hope and hope. It's my favorite thing Quote, Josh Gurley has ever said. Hope. Yes. Because we did that at Last Name Insurance Agency. We didn't know any yeah. better, but yeah. now we do. And there's no reason why anybody in 2022 should be doing, quote, hope and hope. Yeah. You're doing a disservice to your client. And the bunker is such a great brand. Thank you. And <laughs> I didn't even know CWI Underwriters was mm -hmm. a thing. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that sounds like an MGA. Yeah, it was bad. It, it's a really bad name. It's bad. Well, I, I'm surprised <laughs> that that's part of your story because you are so savvy. And you do so many things at such a high level. Like when I saw that on the screen yesterday, I almost laughed. And <laughs> I had to catch myself because I was like, wait a second. I but probably you know shouldn't what it laugh. Is? But, but that's actually how it helped me get to the bunker because that's my point about like last name insurance agency and any generic yeah. name that's not buildable. You yeah. can't build anything around it. And that's what happened to us with that agency where we couldn't – it didn't mean anything. It didn't even connect with our own guts. <laughs> it, uh, we just had to change the oh, name man. quickly and we pivoted. And it was desperation. <laughs> so the bunker, how did that come about? Because that's a very different name. Mm -hmm. What's the story there? So I knew, like I had just said, I knew that 
when we sold that agency, I wanted something different and I wanted it to be catchy and modern, but I knew that I, I wanted it to be short as well so that I could throw it around the way we do. Yeah. And I wanted the word to have a meaning because as you saw yesterday, the other agencies, last name insurance agency, countrywide insurance group, which is also terrible, which yeah. evolved into CWI underwriters and then the bunker. So I, kn- I had never had anything like that. And I knew that I wanted the word of the agency to mean something. And I wanted it. So I'm going to tell you, we came up with it because I just wanted some, I wanted someone to feel safe when they yeah. heard the name of the agency. I love it. I, I'm, I'm smiling and trying not to laugh again because <laughs> I'm, how bad it was. <laughs> no, I was like, wait a second. Countrywide insurance. So bad. Are you countrywide? No, no. We're only in Florida. Then why yeah. are you countrywide? I don't know. <laughs> it's so bad. We were just like, let's just try to make it seem like we're affiliated with Countrywide Mortgage. And that went way bad. And then they blew and up like just, a nuclear bomb. Exactly. It was so bad. It's oh kind gosh. of embarrassing. I can't even imagine how frustrating that would have been where the only reason why you're putting up with all these random calls that aren't even for your office. Nope. They're for people checking on the status of their mortgage <laughs> is because you chose branding that. You see, you know, it was problematic, unintentionally done. And it was targeting the mind. I wanted their mind to place us with a large, a larger company. And it was all wrong. But that helped us. That helped us get to where we are today. And I was telling some people that were I was talking to last night, like, it's a process. It's not fast. You and I talked about it. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't happen overnight. And sometimes it doesn't land either. You have to tweak it a little bit. Yeah. So you just got to be dedicated to, and you also have to know what you're trying to achieve. So attack the gut, not the mind. What else? Uh, Have a process, a branded process to your agency. And, and I feel like also we were just talking about that, like having a process like that, it repels a certain part of the population that you don't want to work with anyway. If they feel like it's going to be too time consuming, and I'm not saying the process needs to be like a 45 minute thing, but not initially, at least, but yeah. you, you got to set the set the expectations and say that this is how we do it. If they don't like it, you'll know pretty quickly. Very yeah. few people will go through that process if they don't want to do it. Well, and the beautiful thing is if you've documented that process and you've communicated on your website through content, hey, you prospect, this is how we operate. This is what you can expect if you work with us. Then it's so much easier for people to self-select whether right. they even make initial contact. That's what I had said. A strong brand repels a certain part of the population and yeah. attracts the other. Yeah. That's the point. If, if it's a price shopper, they're not going to go through a process. They just no. want to quote and they want to save money. Yeah. They don't care about your expertise or your yeah. knowledge. And they will leave you in five in seconds when someone's $10 cheaper. And you know what it is too? If, if you base everything off of this complete package, the way you've packaged your agency, they're not going to care about any of your messaging. Or yep. any of your content or your nurturing campaigns. Nothing about you is going to be memorable or attract them. Not even if they stay your customer. Like, it's just going to be a bad relationship. It's something based on transactional and exactly. product details. Exactly. Which, as we've already said, it you know, it doesn't lots of times on this podcast, if you're selling on price or product, you're doing it wrong. 100%. Because the agent down the street has the very same price and exactly. product. Yep. So, yep. man. They don't be that that black dot on the screen right that's probably my favorite slide of my presentation yeah yeah because it visualizes i mean how many agencies are there in a city that just do things exactly the same 
be the yellow dot, be not the, the yellow, black dot. Intentionally be the yellow dot. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and all those people that haven't seen that slide, they're going black dot, yeah. yellow dot. I'm not. I'm confused. Well, you Polka missed it. Dot? You missed it. Dipping better... dots. I like dipping oh, dots. No. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Makes me want to go to the zoo and get some dipping dots. <laughs> you should have come to the better conference. Mm, telling you. <laughs> what? What else? What's next? Um. So we we talked about that prospecting. Um. The gut, not the mind. Also, you know, the reference to Chick-fil-A, it's so good. I mean, if you ever have a question about great customer experience, just look at the Chick-fil-A model. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but I always want it on Sunday. Sunday. It's the day I hate. My gut. I I had to guess. I would say their sales on Monday are probably the highest. I'm sure there's this uh, statistic about that. Because everybody's like, oh, crap. Yep. I want it so bad right now. Yep. And then they make a point of getting it on Monday. A hundred percent. I mean, that... Have, I'm that happens to me all the time. Yeah, breakfast or lunch. I mean, some of the guys here were telling me that they've gone to Chick Fil A three times in oh, a row. Man. <laughs> well, when you create exclusivity, when right. you tell someone they can't just have it whenever they want it, there's something visceral inside that makes you want 100%. it even more. It's genius. If if you perceive that you can't have it on demand, it's suddenly more valuable. Also, even Chick Fil A. I mean, obviously, unless you work there, I don't. Mean, I don't know what their process is. But even to the I actually f- did work there back did in the you day. Really, I was a GM of a Chick Fil A. So, what? Yeah. Why am I just finding this out well, when I've I just? You, I don't know. Spoken about Chick Fil A for like forty minutes yesterday. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I was a GM of a Chick Fil A for almost a year. Well, that makes so so much sense. Why you you got process down? Well, that's definitely part of it. Yeah, I I can't tell you how many times I've unloaded a a refrigerator truck at four a.m. Oh my god! Many many times. I like I was when I was preparing the presentation. I was like, even to the point of when you say thank you to them, they don't say you're welcome. Everyone says my pleasure. Yeah. And I'm so impressed by that because even to their vocabulary, they have it down. That's impressive. Yeah. It really is, and it makes it so easy to mess with them because you know <laughs> that they're trained to say my pleasure. So uh, when more times than not, I don't say thank you. I'll say something other than thank you. And see if they say my pleasure. And then I look at them like, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> no, no, it's like, uh, you know, when when they hand me the bag, I'll say, great. Oh, my God. And they say my pleasure. And they say my pleasure. It's like, <laughs> or uh, awesome. Or, you know, some kind of exclamatory thing. You can almost see them going to be like, oh. Dude, you just ruined their no. day. Why would you do that? No, it's so funny. I mean, it's the only place also that you don't get judged asking for more sauce. Like, can no. I have some extra Chick-fil-A sauces? They're so happy to give it to you. The the process of that that chicken sandwich. I mean, I've made hundreds of them in the kitchen when I needed to. But it comes and the size is very intentional. The size of the breast, the egg wash, the flour, the henny penny fryers that they have. They're very specific kind of fryer. It's always the same exact fryer. The times, the holding temperature, the holding times, like everything they do is so very specific to make sure that it's the highest possible quality and enjoyment. And if you come in and, you know, 11 minutes after that sandwich was put in the warming tray, they will throw it away because the holding time is 10 minutes. I mean, any agent that thinks process is not a thing and that your agency doesn't need it and everyone can you don't want to micromanage or everyone can just do things the way they want chick-fil-a is the model it's beautiful and i know there's nothing terribly special about chick-fil-a from a oh they have a process in the kitchen it's like but the level of specificity that they operate on Mm -hmm. is is really impressive Well, i mean and especially because 
how many times have you been in a drive-thru and your order's incorrect? I'm telling you, I don't think not even a handful of times in my life has my order been wrong at Chick-fil-A. So yeah. that's the impressive part. Yeah. No, you're absolutely that's right the impressive there. Because how can so much chaos, two lines, the one by my house yeah. is two lines. I don't and they're both three miles long. <laughs> what I was thinking, because I, I had an opportunity to get in the owner-operator pipeline, mm-hmm. and I didn't want it. That's the reason I was only there for a year. Yeah, I have to wonder what it would be like if, if I was running a Chick-fil-A, if I had one or two mm-hmm. or three, because I mean, they just print money. Oh, I mean, I'm, you cannot, it, it backs our whole shopping plaza up. It's on a wait for three or four hours every single yep. day from yep. like 11 to, you know, 1030 or 11 to, you know, two or three o'clock in the afternoon. It's on a wait. And, it and, doesn't matter what day of the week either. And, and we happily wait in the line. We don't, we're yeah. not even upset. I don't wait in that line anywhere else ever. Because it's fast. It's efficient. And it's going to be a great experience. Everything. And yeah. I mean, we're fanboying and fangirling <laughs> on, uh, on Chick-fil-A now for like six minutes. Well, but it's the process, man. That process is so yeah. good. And it's something every agency owner and, and professional should be paying close attention to because there's so much to learn from a really good fast food or, as they would say, quick service right. restaurant. You see? Yeah. It's packaged differently. Yeah. It's not fast food. It's quick service. It's, we know it's fast food, but yeah. it sounds better. Yeah. And, but they internally and, you know, in all their stuff, they refer to it as uh, quick service or QSR, quick service restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, yes, it's fast food, but it's, you know, optics are different. Is there a PDQ by you? Or no? Have you ever heard PDQ? of that? PDQ. Yeah, there that opened where we were, and uh-huh. it was like trying to like be Chick Fil A's competition, and it was like pretty, pretty darn. I don't know. PDQ was like pretty damn good chicken, something like that. I don't know. Pretty damn quality. I don't know. It was, but it didn't last. My hmm. point. My point is, is that they tried and well, it did not last. Beat the, you can't beat the incumbent at their own game, right? You know, and, and that's that's a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't play the exact same game the incumbent is playing. If you want to beat them, because they're the right. incumbent, they're already there. Right. Like it's you know that opens up a completely different mm-hmm. can of worms. But you got to do something different, different than the incumbent. Different. You got to figure out what they're doing right. Acknowledge and with the prospect correct. what they're doing right. But then, like you, well, it wasn't you. It was um, uh, Mick Hunt today. His so, presentation was so good. Oh, it was solid. So good. Really good. I mean, starting with pain. Yeah. Un- uncover the pain. Like if you're not figuring out what the pain is, you're not going to win that prospect. Nope. The incumbent's going to keep the account unless they've done something yeah, really bad to, to, to you know, screw themselves over. People, there's like a, uh, a statistic about that, about how people, the fear of change is is yeah. like so much worse than just dealing with what the bad that you already know. Yeah. Like they'll stay in their incumbent with their incumbent just because they already know what they have. Yeah. But the devil, or, you know, the devil, you know, in order to yeah. change, it has to be worth it. Yeah, couldn't agree more. You have to be doing something different. Anything else you want to share before we wrap this no, thing up? You know, I've really enjoyed being here. It's my first Better Conference. Yeah. And the people have just been so nice and so supportive. Yep. Thank you for being my my uh, speaking coach there in the audience while I was speaking and letting me know that my, my well, pace is you know, good. And- it, I don't really get to use my master's degree anymore. Uh, it's, it was refreshing, you know, thinking of all those things of, you know, pace and flow yeah. and I mean, your nonverbals were so good. Thank you. If if you were one of my students in my class, I would have given your speech an A. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> yes. Not that that means anything. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, I'm just going to pet James on the head now and tell him he's a good boy. No, that's it's so cool to hear a different voice. Uh, because, I mean, at these conferences, you tend to hear the same people yeah. over and over again. 
So the fact that you're a female business owner, the fact that you're a Latina, and mm-hmm. all of those things, you have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you inherently, because of your journey, because of the demographics and part, you know, your story, you have something unique to offer to the narrative. And I think, you know, whether it's a Liv Kaufman, uh, who, you know, she was doing one of the micro sessions, her perspective as a member of the LGBTQ community, I think is really important because everybody deserves great insurance. Sure. But, but everybody also deserves to have a, a great shot at being a professional in this industry. Absolutely. I think having these kind of conversations and inviting everybody to the table of, hey, what is your take on this? Because your your opinion, your perspective, because of geography and life mm-hmm. stage and other things, it's just so much different for the, the, the majority. We've all heard the, the stale and pale and male. And yeah. yes, I mean, the average age is, you know, probably upper 50s, lower 60s, white males. That's definitely changing. And yeah, pe- it is. people like you are helping yeah, change thank that. Thank you. Yeah. And, and people like Nick and you having me here, like also extending the opportunity to people like us, like David, yeah. you know, Nick asked uh, when he finished Tampa IOA, you know, he asked for volunteer speakers and, you know, I would have never, ever in my life volunteered ever. And David clearly knows that, Yeah, you know, so he told Nick, well, Ciara, Ciara deserves a shot, you know, and that's huge. And if it wasn't yeah. for, for people like that, that give us the opportunity, you know, we wouldn't get it. Well, I'm all for more opportunities. Absolutely. Hopefully, no, I, I don't know who the next Ciara Gravier oh. is, but we need to find her. <laughs> oh, absolutely. She's out there. There's there's yeah. way better than the Ciara Gravier here, out there, for sure. I might argue with that, <laughs> but that's for a different day. <laughs> the, the Our women of IOA is so supportive, and yeah. there's so many rock stars in there. And so I'm, you know, I was, you know, I told you how mortified I was about getting on that stage and, mm-hmm. and everyone has been so supportive. And actually you were the one that calmed my nerves when you told me that you're like, listen, the entire crowd is rooting for you. Everybody's rooting yeah. for you. And yeah. every speaker needs to hear that in, in yes. a group like this. Yes. The, your peers want you to yes. succeed. Yes. I felt that. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I'm going to invite you and I'm, you're going to say yes, because I know sure. already <laughs> we're going to have a, a power women episode. Oh, that's uh, awesome. I, already, yeah. I think I told you about this yeah. in concept, but I'm going to be sending out the invites this next week. Okay, cool. Uh, it'll be you and Teresa and Michelle and Denise. Oh, that'll be awesome. And um, uh, Beth De La Forest. Uh-huh. And then Christina Ricci. Oh yes, uh, those those are the women on the panel. Awesome. And I'm not, if the, unless someone says no, which I don't think they will. That's it's. We're gonna have those six ladies uh, and have everybody on on an episode, uh, and that'll probably, if I can make it happen, I'll make it the the one year anniversary episode oh, that will nice. drop in early May. Yeah, that, that so that's I, nice. I'm trying to do something big for that. Yeah, you know? like not just have just another episode for yeah. our anniversary episode. That'll be great. Um, yeah. And get those voices in and, mm-hmm. and just talk shop. Yeah. You know, love it. What is, how do we break down barriers mm-hmm. and, you know, get more people like you, more voices like mm-hmm. yours mm-hmm. added to the conversation? And I think that I was talking to some of the ladies about it earlier today. You know, we want to see more representation on, on, in these conferences and on stage. And that's one of the reasons why, even though I was so terrified, I said yes, because I can't say that I want to see more women and then get the opportunity and turn it down. Yeah. So it also it, there's also a sense of responsibility in us. Absolutely. If we get if the offer is extended, you have to take it. Yeah. You kind of don't have don't a choice. Don't be shy. No. Grab it. Because it might not come back. Go get it. Yep. You get that. Yeah. Go get it. <laughs> Ask for what you want. Yep. 
Yep. I mean, I can't say that enough. And I said it today in the little offhand comment. It's like, ask for what yep. you want. Yep. Go out and get it. Yep. Because the world ain't going to hand it to you. Nope. Man, that's a great way to end this yep. one. And I think you... I don't know if there's going to be somebody else. We may record one more of these little micro sessions. This might be the end. So uh, if it is, great. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us here at Better Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, if we have one more, then all right, cool. It might be snuck, sneaking one in there at the end. Uh, Ciara Grav here from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, James. All righty. We'll see you later. All right, folks. It is the final micro session for this uh Two days here in Phoenix with the Better Conference. The final guest is Mr. Sean Garral. And uh, where, where are you at? Virginia? You're somewhere over there on the East Coast. Northern Virginia, about 40 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. Awesome. Well, thanks for sitting down, man. I know we've been trying to connect the, the last two days. so uh, It's actually fitting that you're the final one for, uh, for these two days. So thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So what's your story, dude? What what, what are you up to in Virginia? Uh, what is a, a, a defining characteristic of you and your team? What's the name of your agency? Anything you want us to know about? Name of the agency is Legacy Insurance Group. We're located in the metropolitan of D.C. And, you know, everyone seems to be employed by federal government, the military, or some kind of contracting position. So it's a very hustle and bustle mm-hmm. type of environment. What's your agency like? No staff, any specialties that you guys focus on? It anything that anything unique or interesting that Legacy's into? Well, we built out our agency to be remote before it was cool, so we don't have any physical location. Mm-hmm. So now, after COVID, employees prefer that. But we're a small team, and um, focusing mostly on artisan contractors and IT professionals is a good niche for us. Cool. Artists and contractors is a really broad uh, category there. Anything in particular, any of these trades that you really drill down into? I personally really like working with residential contractors that do HVAC, plumbing, or electrical. Cool. Awesome. So we've just spent the last two days drinking from a fire hose, a bunch of different speakers, lots of vendors here. Any key takeaways from the Better Conference? Um. Always. I'm going to go home tonight and review my notes. I think the important thing to take in mind after an event like this is don't get overwhelmed and feel like you have to do everything all at once. You know, come up with a reasonable list of action items that you can prioritize for the next quarter. Yeah, now for sure. I love it when Brandon Smith was talking about, you know, doing things a quarter at a time instead of, you know, five and 10 year planning, even three year planning. It's not really that, that accurate because of how quickly things change. Yeah. From this morning session, I agree with that. Um, a lot of my five-year and 10-year goals, I've had to adjust course just because things are changing so rapidly. Yeah, man. So what, what are some big takeaways from you uh, when, when you think about uh, what you're going to implement or maybe a vendor that you met? Uh, really, any big measurables coming out of Phoenix for you and for Legacy? You know, when I was flying over here, I was looking at some of our pain points recently. We're, we're starting to work on a lot more commercial so we have a lot more certificate requests, and I'd mentioned that to you, and mm-hmm. you'd recommended Certificial, so I'll be looking into them. Yep. And I'm also just thinking about how to turn off the faucet, right? How to politely decline business that we don't really want and make it a little bit more difficult for us to do business with, except for our ideal client, the yeah. sophisticated buyer that's that's going to be spending more premium and not uh, not so price sensitive. 
No, for sure. And putting those qualifications in place and, you know, communicating that on the front end on your website. And we've had a lot of success with that at RiskWell of, you know, making sure that the people we don't want to work with never reach out in the first place. It definitely makes the whole process go easier. When, when you can tell the marketplace who you're not interested in working with, they just go somewhere else. It's beautiful. Yeah. And no, for that reason, I also am very interested to check out Premier Strategy Box. I thought that that presentation was outstanding. Mick Hunt and his team, I mean, A+. plus. Everything that I've seen from them, it, I feel like, what am I doing with my agency? There's so much room for improvement every time Mick is on stage. So, no, I, I can't recommend them strongly enough. You know, that's what I particularly like about this agency or this industry, James, is uh, surrounding myself or, or coming to these conferences and surrounding myself with people that are smarter than me. You know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Absolutely. And so I'm humble enough to admit like all the things that I don't know. I'm self-aware as a leader and I'm, I'm very excited to go back and share some ideas with my team about, cool. about the, how we're going to adjust course for the future. Fantastic, man. No, honestly, I am burnt out and I don't know any other great questions to ask other than how do you want to land the plane? You you get the last word here on this episode. Uh, any advice for anybody out there listening, any Freedom Jumpers or our peers here uh, that might be listening to this episode? I mean, the best advice that I would give anyone is you as the business owner are wearing a lot of hats. You're in charge of your team, your marketing, your sales, but hitting the pause button to come to an event like this for two, three, four days to get some action items uh, or just go home with some general clarity about things that we're going to stop doing, things we're going to start doing, I think is extremely beneficial. And you should do at least once a quarter. We try to invest maybe five to 10% of our annual revenue into self-development mm -hmm. for every member of the team. So awesome. it's, it's kind of one of the, the core values is the commitment to continuous and never-ending improvement. So Yeah. So you got some big stuff coming up later this year, right? You you got a baby on the way. Got a baby on the way. So you know, I I read Grant Bomba's book about work work life balance, and I think you know choosing the priorities, the things that are most important, is going to become even more essential. As uh, I'm no longer living for me, it's my my myself, my wife, and uh, and the newborn. Yeah, do we have a due date for that? Getting pretty close, right? The due date is supposed to be June 12th, two days after my birthday. Uh, we already decided on a name. So it's a baby girl. We're going to name Holly. Holly. And so, yeah, we're very excited. Couldn't, Man, be, couldn't be more blessed. The dad life is the best life. I hope you're ready. Yeah, well, I'll be a dad or a, a girl dad like you. Oh, man. It, it's, it is just the best. You will be wrapped around her little finger and she will love every second of it. And that's what everyone tells me. <laughs> Good luck, brother. Hold on. When that little face goes, Daddy, can I have la la la, whatever it is, <laughs> you're going to feel compelled to give her whatever she asks for. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled about it. Oh, man. I feel like life is just starting. It absolutely is. No, for sure. Anything else you want to share with us before we land this plane? No, I'm just excited to be here. Um, there's always something to continuously learn and and grow and, and strive for. And so I think I, if I had stayed captive, I'd be completely bored, you know? Yeah. Being the best at something is, is fun if you're, a, if you're a top producer, but I really like the grit that's required of doing stuff that you absolutely suck at and having to get better yeah. month after month and, and, and quarter after quarter of. Well, the ceiling for the captive agent is so much lower. 
I mean, it's so much easier to be an excellent captive agent when you're compared to your peers. I mean, the the ceiling in the independent world is just a completely different ballgame. I mean, you you take a best in class captive agent, and they're middle of the road in the independent world. You know, by revenue, by premium, by sophisticated processes and sales, and all it by just about any metric. I mean, I left that world. You left that world. So many people have left that world. It's it's just apples and oranges. Yeah, and actually, sales is a very small percentage of what we're actually doing now. I mean, when I come to a conference like this and we're learning about leadership and technology and marketing, like that's the stuff I really don't have specialty in. That is of immense value for me to learn and take back and implement with my team. Awesome. Man, I really appreciate making time to sit down with this dude. You are officially the last interview uh, of the Better Conference. So uh, for Sean Gural, owner of Legacy Insurance Group in Virginia, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me, James. I'll see you at the next event. Yes, you will. And that is the end of this episode for Agency Freedom Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We'll talk to you real soon. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite podcasting platform to get automatic updates on every new episode and help other people find us organically. If you like the content you hear, please drop us a quick review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share Agency Freedom with someone you know who is still on the captive side of the insurance world. They'll thank you later. You can connect with other Freedom Jumpers, ask questions, get advice, and share your best practices in our Facebook group. Just type Agency Freedom Podcast in the search bar. Visit our website at agencyfreedompodcast.com to sign up for our email list and get access to exclusive resources and sign up to be a potential future guest on the show. We welcome your comments, feedback, and ideas. Email podcast at riskwell.com and we'll look forward to hearing from you. Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help our listeners go from captive to indie to market domination. Until next time, let's go.